And welcome to another episode of the Onsite Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Alvers. As you may have noticed, we've been off the air for a while, and that's all right. We have been checking things out, reviewing what we've been doing in the past, seeing what's been working well, what hasn't, and you probably noticed one of the first changes is some of the music that we got going on. Got a little more upbeat tempo and hopefully get you guys excited about what's to come. So we've been offline for a few months now, checking things out and doing our review. What we're going to do is drop a bunch of episodes all at once, and then we'll get out back on a regular schedule of putting out our Onsite Insights podcast in coordination with our Insights newsletter. So this episode is going to be all about grip strength. Grip strength? Why grip strength? Well, interesting fact There has been a lot of research that has shown that grip strength is associated with a bunch of different health factors, right? So health factors are things within your body that indicate your overall health. Overall grip strength is a good indicator of overall health. There have been numerous studies. Uh, The one I'm looking at right now has 140,000 participants looking at the difference between grip strength and health. And one of the biggest indicators is people who have a stronger grip strength, especially later in life, tend to have less issues with cardiovascular disease. They tend to have better outcomes if they have a cancer diagnosis. And it it just goes to show that there's an overall benefit to having a good grip strength. There's also a correlation between good grip strength and cognitive function. People who have better grip strength have a better ability to recall events, find the words they're looking for, and are able to process their thoughts a lot faster as they age. So now, does that mean that I can go out and do a bunch of gripping exercises and get one of those old school hand grippers? It's got the little spring in the middle. You just start squeezing. No, that's not going to work. The point is grip strength is a good indicator of overall lean muscle mass. The best thing that you can do would be to get out, do some exercising, go for a walk, do some weightlifting. Of course, all of this should be checked out with your physician prior to starting if you have any health concerns. So now we got some interesting facts about grip strength. We know that it can be an indicator of your overall health. So what goes into grip strength? Well, grip strength is a combination of the muscles, bones, and joints basically between your elbow and your fingertips. Let's start out with the bones that are part of grip strength. So we're going to start closest to the shoulder, and the first part we're going to look at is the elbow joint. Now, the upper part of the elbow joint is called the humerus. That's the upper arm bone. And the humerus and the ulna come together to make the elbow joint. And if you feel the tip of your elbow, that's actually the backside of the ulna. As you come down your forearm, there's also a bone called the radius. And there are two bones that go along each other parallel that make up the forearm. And then as you keep going down towards your fingers, you're going to come to your wrist joint. And the wrist joint is basically the radius, the ulna, and then all the bones of the hand. And I'm not going to get into all of the bones of the hand and fingers. Basically, just remember that there's 27 bones that make up the hand and fingers, which is a lot. There's a lot of small ones in there, but that's what gives you a lot of that mobility and the dexterity to grip, pinch, squeeze, 
turn a doorknob, all that kind of stuff. Now, when it comes to grip strength and actually producing the strength to grab onto something, that all comes from the muscles of the forearm and the hand. There are a lot of muscles in that area. But what I want you guys to remember is that there's a flexor group and there's an extensor group. The extensor group is on the outside part of the forearm and elbow, and that is the muscles that make your hand go backwards. So if you are having your palm down and try to lift your hand upwards towards the sky, that's the extensor group. Then on the opposite side, on the inside part of the forearm, is the flexor group, and that's more of the key muscle group for grip strength. And the flexor group, if you take your palm and you put it palm up and try to point your fingers up to the sky, that is your flexor group. The flexor group lifts the hand up like that, and then it also squeezes the fingers and the thumbs. And then there are a few different small muscles that are in between the bones of the hand and fingers. Um, but again, there are so many of them. We've got the flexor digitorum superficialis and the extensor carpi radialis longus. Yeah, lots and lots of fancy words. Just remember, you got the flexor group and the extensor group. Okay, so let's get into actual grip strength at this point. What is grip strength? Well, we talked about it. It's the ability to squeeze and hold. It's just not a quick squeeze and let go. So when they squeeze and hold, they want to figure out what that peak value is. And there is a item called a handheld dynamometer that is really good for assessing how strong that grip strength is. And when it comes to grip strength throughout your life, you can imagine it as kind of a bell curve, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, we've got a little bit lower grip strength as we're younger, which is understandable. We don't have the muscle strength, endurance, or size to match an adult. Um, kids from six to nine years old, they're going to be putting out anywhere from like 30 to 40 pounds of pressure um, in their dominant hand. Then as people age, that number is going to go up. And typically that number is going to peak, unfortunately, somewhere between about 25, 30, 35 years old. And most people peak somewhere around 120 to 125 pounds of pressure. And then as you age, that pressure that you're able to produce tends to go down. And then by the time you are... I don't know, in your mid 70s, upper 70s, you're looking at about 65, maybe 70 pounds of pressure. And that's kind of back to the same amount when you were about 13, 14, 15 years old. So it doesn't go back down too far. The key is to make sure that you're staying fit enough that you can keep that grip strength up as long as possible and hopefully even peak maybe closer to I don't know, 30, 35, or even 40. Now, while grip strength itself is a good indicator of overall health, there are some conditions that can affect your grip strength. If you are having some elbow pain, if you're having any wrist or hand pain when you're trying to do a test like this, it can skew our data and not give you the exact score that you're looking for. 
And some of those conditions are pretty common. Um, there is tennis elbow. Most people know what tennis elbow is. There's golfer's elbow. Now, you think tennis elbow is typically on the outside part of the elbow and forearm area. This is typically due to using a backhand or a single-armed backhand for most people. There's a lot of pressure that gets put on that extensor muscle group. Golfer's elbow is on the inside. And if, if you can think of, you know, when you swing a golf club and you hit the ball, there's going to be a little bit of pressure that gets a, extra pressure gets applied to that flexor as you're trying to follow through. And if you're somebody like me who tends to hit the ground quite a bit, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the inside of that elbow, which can start pulling at the tendons and bones in that area, which is what causes a lot of that pain. So some other common issues that can affect your grip strength would be arthritis in the hands, whether it's osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, um, those kinds of things can affect your grip strength. You might be strong, but you're not able to get through some of the pain that's associated with the joints with those kinds of conditions. Previous injury could be another one. So what can we do to help with some of these common conditions? To start off with the arthritis and osteoarthritis, those are things that you should be seeing your doctor about, whether you want to go to a primary care physician to start with or a uh, orthopedic sports medicine doc or an orthopedic surgeon to have or a hand specialist to go see those things. Those kinds of conditions typically require imaging such as x-rays or maybe even MRI to see what's going on inside the joints, see how severe it is. And then the treatment can include medications or injections, and that's all stuff you want to talk to your doctor about. For the golfer's elbow and tennis elbow or any kind of just simple inflammatory or sprain strain type issues, a lot of times this stuff can be taken care of with rest, ice, stretching. But of course, the best way to avoid these kinds of things from happening is prevention. And one of the keys to preventing these kinds of injuries in the forearm, you know, elbow, wrist, hand is to make sure you're paying attention to your body mechanics. When it comes to body mechanics, if you take your arm and put it down to the side with your palm against your thigh and then bend your elbow to 90 degrees and with your thumb up, that is considered a neutral position for the elbow, wrist, and hand. The more you can keep your elbow, wrist, and hand in that neutral position, the more efficient and effective the muscles are going to be for doing what you need to do. Now, it's not always able to do that, I understand, but the more we can keep it there, the better off we're going to be. One of the things to keep an eye on also is your wrist position. Your wrist should not be turned backwards with the palm away from the bottom of your wrist. Um, you don't want the back of your hand in perfect alignment with your forearm either. That's actually a little bit too far forward. You want just a slight extension or that, that motion where it goes backwards. Um, and that is your neutral position. If you just make a fist and hold it there, most of the time that that's going to be where it is. The other thing to do is to counteract a lot of the gripping that we do throughout a day. When we're driving, we're gripping. When we turn a doorknob, when we're gripping, 
when we're typing on a keyboard, that's a grip type motion. It's that flexing, squeezing type motion. So one of the biggest things we can do to help with that is called hand openers. What you do is just make kind of a loose fist and then you just open your hands as far as far as you can. Feel a stretch through the bottoms of the fingers and the palm of your hand. You want to do this and hold it for just a few seconds and then repeat that, you know, five, 10 times or so. And you want to do that about once an hour. That's how often that you should be doing that counter movement to that gripping or flexing motion. You know, and something else that seems somewhat counterintuitive, it really does help keep the upper body and the upper extremities loose. They're called MC hammers. Now, for those of you that are from the 90s and their formative years were in the 90s, if you remember the MC Hammer, you know, not only were the feet going back and forth, but the shoulders are going up and down at the same time. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to rapidly shrug shoulder to shoulder, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. We're going to do that about eight, 10 times and then just let it relax. And then you just do that once per hour you know right left right left right left right left right left done and now you're starting to mobilize your upper extremity the shoulder you're going to end up releasing some stress in your neck it's kind of fun put on the song and get after it i know this has probably been a little bit shorter show than what you're used to but that's all right we got some great information out of it today so check out our website, onsitesolutionspt.com backslash podcast. You can check out our other podcasts. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to be dropping a bunch of other episodes pretty soon here. April is going to be shoulder strength. Our follow-up for May is going to be low back pain. And then we'll be dropping June's posture and neck pain pretty soon. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, and we will chat soon.